Welcome to the Wise of Texas podcast. Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering and educating Texas South Asians to be informed voters and partake in civic engagement. We are South Asian voices for South Asian voters. You can visit our website, wiseoftx.org, and find us on all social media platforms. This is Elishva Javed, Wise of Texas intern and today's host. Just want to remind everyone that the primary runoffs are on May 24th, which is basically a second election that's held to determine a winner if no candidate is picked in the initial primary election in the threshold required for winning whatever seat. And of course, election day is November 8th, so these are great dates to put on your calendar. And along with that is to make sure you study your ballot through resources such as vote411.org. And we also have our own website, WiseUpTX, to find out more resources on who is running to represent you and how to vote because these dates are coming up sooner than we think and we don't want them to spring on us and not be informed and ready for when they come. So now I want to introduce everybody to our guest today, Zohaib Godbury. He would be one of the candidates that you, whose name you might see on the ballot in the general election in November if you live in Travis County. So Zohaib is a progressive candidate running for a seat on the Austin City Council in District 9. Um, the council member who previously held this position since 2011's term is actually ending in January of 2023. And if he were to win, he would be the first South Asian and Muslim on the Austin City Council. Welcome to the podcast today, Zohaib, and how are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm like extremely like starstruck and, and humbled to be in this podcast. We talked about it like before. Uh, I'm a former Wise Up board member. So, you know, always been a fan of, of Wise Up and being on the other side is like the coolest thing. So uh, I'm good and, and so honored uh, to be here. All right. Um, can you just give a moment to the listeners who don't know you to introduce yourself a bit and, you know, talk a little bit more about your background? Yeah, uh, my name is, is Zaheb uh, Ahmed Qadri, uh, and I'm running for Austin City Council in District 9. Um, I moved to Austin in, in 2009 to attend school at UT and truthfully fell in love with the city uh, and, and its people, and, and I've been here ever since. Uh, I did my undergrad at UT. Uh, I, was a, I was a bio major. Sorry, I started off as a bio major, um, but I ended up you know, changing my career uh, pursuits to uh, going to public service. So I was actually a sociology psychology by the time I finished. Uh, I ended up getting a master's in public administration from Texas State University and a master's in global affairs from Rice University. Uh, and I've, I've kind of thrown myself into, into public service work. You know, I've, I've done work at uh, the city of Kyle, uh, the city of Houston. Uh, I've worked on congressional campaigns and Senate campaigns, and, and most recently was on Senator Warren's presidential campaign. Um, I've worked at the Texas Ledge um, in 2019, so session before the one that just happened, and, and been a part of a lot of uh, progressive uh, organizations and, and advocacy groups. Um, so that's a little bit about my, you know, my, my work background. Um, and you know, as you mentioned, um, you know, if, if when elected, um, I would be the first, you know, South Asian to represent um, Austin in, in City Council. I'm the first Muslim to ever run for a seat on Austin City Council, which to me blows my mind that we're in a we're in a, uh, you know, diverse city, you know, Islam is, is the second largest, uh, you know, re religious demographic in, in the city of Austin, but we've never had a Muslim run for this seat, let alone um, any seat or, or be elected to, to the council. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of importance, uh, you know, to that and the importance of representation, uh, but also the, the need to push good um, policy that, that helps all Austinites. Yeah. And so, like you said, you mentioned your background as an UT student, as a you know, in public service, in like political campaigns. So how do you think your background led you to today? And like, what specifically made you, made you to run for office? And why the Austin City Council specifically? I think, you know, I, I'm the kid of immigrants. Both of my parents, uh, you know, were born in, in Pakistan. My mom came here in the 1970s and my dad 
came here in the 80s. And, and the thing that was always pushed onto me and my younger siblings was that of service and giving back, uh, you know, both from a cultural and, and, and religious uh, viewpoint. Uh, my dad uh, was a physician and my mom, uh, you know, you know, worked in uh, worked in the lab. Uh, so, you know, I, I saw the importance of, of, of service through through healthcare. And when I was a kid, I thought that was going to be my way uh, of giving back to my community, right, to, to help folks who are ill, and then to use the privilege that being a physician affords you and, 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 and give back to, to those less fortunate. You know, one thing that my parents uh, would push on me and my younger siblings is that, you know, charity work, right, whether it be helping out at a homeless shelter or food bank or, or, or an animal shelter, uh, you know, we'd go back to visit family in Pakistan every so often. And even when we would be in Pakistan for that, like, short little vacation, we'd give back to, you know, the underserved community there. So I was very much in awe of that. And, you know, I, I looked at and still look at um, all those who serve in medicine as, as heroes. Um, so that, in my mind, that's what I was going to do. That was going to be my way of giving back. Um, and then th using that privilege of being a physician, I would give back even more, you know, outside of my, you know, day job. Uh, but when I started school at UT, I was a bio pre-med student and uh, I hated it. Uh, and I hated all the labs and the, the chems and the physics and calculus. Like I hated it all. And I was like, I have no interest in this, um, but I, I still want to give back uh, because I think this, uh, this, this community, this country has given me and my family members so much. And I, and I, and I, and I want to, you know, give back to, uh, you know, to where I live. Um, and where I saw the biggest change that I could make would be through a policy standpoint. Because when I first moved to Austin in 2009, I noticed our own house population. And it really bothered me that we live in this very wealthy country in wealthy state and wealthy city, and there's folks who are dying um, on the streets because they don't have housing, they don't have proper care. Uh, so in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to go into uh, to service through, you know, through public service, through government, to through politics. Uh, so it was my uh, approaching my last year of school at UT, and I was like, I'm going to change my career path like fully. Um, and I was obviously kind of nervous doing that because no one wants to let their parents down but i obviously didn't want to let my, my parents down especially my dad who had made such a sacrifice coming uh to the us like to this day he's the only one who who came uh, his parents and his siblings you know all stayed in, in in pakistan um but when i told him he was very supportive of, of the decision and he said you know whatever you do i'll know you'll you'll do a great job and he gave me a big hug and and, and a kiss and i told him i'd see him the next week because it was like spring break uh, where, I, where I had been home and I was, I was ha having these thoughts of like, I, I need to like switch over and, you know, start, you know, start a new path. Um, so I, I went back to Austin to finish that semester. And that night I, I called my parents like I do every night to tell them good night. And when I called, my little sister picked up the phone and she was crying and she said something happened to, happened to, to dad. Uh, and by the time I got home, I found out that he had, he had passed away from a heart attack. So I've always used that last conversation that I had with him to push me in, in, in my work and, and to give back uh, because I, I truthfully do it for, for the betterment of, of society and, and to this community at large, uh, but also in, in honor of him truthfully. Yeah, first I just wanted to say, like, I think it's super noble, you know, they're carrying a legacy and like a noble cause of your father passing away. And I think, I think we all, like as a college student, I understand like the whole career freak out, but I think we you know as south asians growing up we feel like the only way we can help people is through like being a doctor but i feel like you know policy and government is also a great way to give back as well and touch on a bunch of different issues um so yeah i really like hearing your story um so i guess could you touch a little bit more on 
if you were to be on the council, what issues that you want to prioritize and tackle and expand a little bit more on that? A city, a society, a leader should be just on how they treat uh, the most vulnerable um, or, or, or the most uh, uh, underserved community or person, you know, in, you know, in their, you know, city or state, whatever. And, and in that case, it's our own house population and, and we have failed them. And I think because of that, we, we have failed as a, as a city. So I think helping our own house population, getting them into housing, getting them proper health care and mental health care and, and, and access to, um, you know, uh, you know, to, to, to battle some you know, some of our own house community members deal with substance abuse problems. I think I think getting them help, uh, you know, is a start and we can't just keep doing Band-Aid solutions because truthfully, this is a solution where it's like someone's bleeding out and all we, all, all we keep doing is putting Band-Aids on. The situation is getting worse and all we're doing is doing a disservice to our, our unhoused population. Uh, and then on top of that, I think housing. I mean, I remember being a student at UT, like rent was expensive. Like I know it's so much more expensive now. I'm a, I'm a downtown resident. Um, I'm a renter in, in, in downtown. Uh, my rent went up by $500 in the past um, year. Uh, that's horrendous. Um, and first, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I don't, ha I'm not in a situation yet where I'm like, oh my God, like, can I afford to live here? But that's a situation that a lot of folks find themselves in where, where they can't afford to live in this city. And, 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 and I think that's a shame because this city should work for everyone. Everyone who wants to call the city home and, and, and start a family here should be able to do that. And $500 for me, like I said, it, it, it sucks. It's not, you know, I would rather have that $500 for savings or for another cause. But for a lot of families, $500 is, is a difference between, you know, a meal, is a difference between school supplies or getting medicine. And, and that shouldn't be a decision that anyone in the city should have to make. Uh, you know, housing affordability sh shouldn't be an issue where, where we have students at UT who don't live in Austin. I, I've talked to a student who lives in, who lives in Buda. Uh, and commutes like the 30, 35 minute drive every day and back. Uh, it, it shouldn't be like that. If, if you're choosing to go to UT Austin, you should be able to go here for not only the education, but also the, you know, you know, the, the um, you know, experiencing life in Austin, uh, you know, as an, as an Austinite. Um, so we, we really need to do better. We need to build more housing. We need to build more affordable housing and make sure that this, the city works for everyone who wants to call it home. Definitely. And I think, you know, as a current UT student, I've seen how, you know, I'm walking like back from my apartment to campus and I see like, you know, homeless people on the streets and I think a lot of people have become, you know, super desensitized to it. And I think also, you know, has, you know, a big issue on its hand that it hasn't looked at into the root of for a long time. And so sort of the last topic I wanted to get into, like, like you mentioned before, uh, um, being the first South Asian, first Muslim member of Austin City Council, how do you think your South Asian identity has impacted your campaign and your motivation for running? I think it's a beautiful thing when I go to an event and wh whether it's a, a meet and greet or, or just a, you know, a general organizational event where I go to and there's other South Asian kids there, Muslim kids there. And, uh, and, you know, I'll talk to their parents and they'll come up to me and they'll ask me questions or they'll ask to get a picture with me, which I'm like, I'm nobody. I don't know why you're, you're wasting a picture with me, but you know, they see someone who looks like them, who's running for office and, and it means a lot to them. Right. And I've talked to, uh, parents who are like, oh, my daughter wants to run for mayor one day, or she wants to run for president or senate, and I'm like, I really hope she does. Like, I can't wait until I, you know I vote for her, right? And I think it's about building that foundation, that base of like, we can be city council members, right? People in our community, we could be mayors, we could be state reps and state senators and, and folks in Congress. It shouldn't be such a foreign concept, right? And I hope we get to a point where someone you know like Zohaib Gadri isn't like a for like a weird name to say right it's just as easy to say for folks as I don't know Barack Obama right as in 
I, I can't wait until the day that, you know, a South Asian or a Muslim running for office isn't like, like one in a million type situation. So from, from, from that point, like, you know, it's been a beautiful thing to see and, you know, support from, you know, the community. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously folks who will always look at certain groups as other, like, you know, they would, they other certain groups. So there's a lot of, you know, xenophobia and Islamophobia I've dealt with as a, as a candidate about, you know, this othering effect of he's not really one of us and he's not really from here. And I've held, you know, I've heard of the whole, uh, he's going to implement Sharia law in, in Austin city council and, 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 you know, all these like horrific things. So, you know, it's unfortunate that that happens, but what keeps me going uh, is obviously this fight for a better Austin, but it's also those conversations that I mentioned when I, when I talk to these parents or I talk to these kids and, and, and just the, um, you know, like the level of pride of seeing one of their own running. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Zohaid. That concludes our interview. Um, Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit. We welcome interviews with candidates and political leaders who want to reach out to our South Asian followers. Wise of Texas does not endorse any candidates or political parties. You can find a recording of this podcast on most platforms where podcasts are available. And select episodes will air on Radio Azad and DFW. Please subscribe and share. Thanks for listening. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise of Texas.